Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello and welcome back to the Over the Top podcast that's always ready to rumble. It's wrestling with my brother. We got a theme this week. There is a theme. You you cracked it. It's our Royal Rumble special. How I cracked it from that cryptic intro, I have no idea, but I did. I agonized over that intro because <laughs> you know the phrase let's get ready to rumble made famous or infamous by Michael Buffer, the ring announcer of boxing and one-time WCW. Um, He's actually trademarked that. So I was like, if I say it and I say it like him, could that open us up to legal problems? Do you know what I thought you were going to say? Obviously, you know, immortalised by PJ and Duncan. (laughs) Well, that's it. But right in their song, to get around that, they spot Rumble with a H. If you look at the title of that song, it's Let's Get Ready to Rumble with a H. R-H-U-M-B-L-E. Oh, so he's trademarked his own phrase. Yeah, so you can't say it. And it used to be you couldn't say it only in a sporting environment, but I think he's expanded it to movies and video games and all sorts of things. I don't know about podcasts, especially podcasts with like 10 listeners that don't make any money, but who knows? I don't want to take that risk. That's, imagine Hogan did that with his and you can no longer call your brother a brother. <laughs> well, what if you, you couldn't say you smell what the rock is cooking or, or any of those things? Because I, I ask that on a daily basis. He's yeah. not cooking anything, to be honest. I can just smell things. But yes, this is our Royal Rumble special. When you listen to this, it will have been the Royal Rumble last night. So hopefully, you know, you're on, you're on the come down from an incredible event, one of the four big events in the WWE calendar. And you think, well, stick on a podcast and reminisce about old Royal Rumbles. And here we are. Should we record some like pre-recorded generic statements that can, whew, I think that's the best WWE event ever. Did his feet touch the floor? I'm not sure. I can't believe that 30 men in one ring. Wow. <laughs> for now, What was that? Oh, that was a character from Viz who makes that funny noise whenever somebody says a double entendre, which you just did. Oh, <laughs> I did not. You went proper filth. No, he was just being normal. That's disgusting. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, first segment, please. This is going way downhill. Would you rather? So, yeah, I had one prepared, and then we've kind of answered it in a previous pod, not as part of the segment, but this is on the fly now. It's off the cuff. Would you rather have an epic retirement match and never wrestle again, or be known as the wrestler that never quits, even though you old AF? Mm. that could be in reference to quite a few wrestlers that have gone on way past their peak and just don't know when to call it quits. Because you get the the notoriety of being just this grizzled old man. My God, you're still a legend. But most of these people end up in the indies and their actual final, final match after, what, 30, 40 years in the business is normally some fucking jobber in a bingo hall with 100 people. So would you rather Ric Flair-esque final kind of retirement match or yeah kind of a terry funk 
go out quietly type of thing. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we've talked before about booking and how booking can really affect these sort of things because that Goldberg-Undertaker match we featured last week was an absolute hot mess. They were awful. They didn't gel. They looked slow and out of it. And yet, when Goldberg was booked against Brock Lesnar only a couple of years previously, he looked like an amazing monster heel. And then when The Undertaker had that WrestleMania match that we also talked about against AJ Styles, the Boneyard match, where it was more like a, a movie sort of production, you know, that was a really good way of, of using him. So I think a lot of it comes down to booking, to be honest, how it's booked, because you can still look good past your peak in wrestling because it's not that competitive sport that we're talking about like boxing um but no i think that that one retirement match uh one day it'd be nice to see a wrestler actually have that retirement match and then (laughs) literally retire i think a lot of people felt quite cheated by rick flair because they went all out for him in the wwe and then what was it a matter of weeks months he was in tna wrestling again yeah pretty much so what was your answer? Because you stalled. You're doing a lot of stalling right now. I just won the answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. What's my answer? The retirement match. No, the big, the big send-off. Nice. I mean, because if you're big enough to have a retirement match rather than just kind of being forgotten about, then that's how you want to go out, isn't it? You don't want your last match to be... Well, you don't want to have a match and then figure out when nobody's booking you in three years that it's, that was your last one, you know? Yeah, but so many wrestlers live with regret and they, they're like, oh, God, I have got another five years. All I needed was a month off the road. I really want to wrestle again. And they come out of retirement. So I, I'd rather just fucking just fizzle out and literally shitting my pants, old as hell, like 80 years old, way past my prime, shaming myself uh, and then just fizzle out. I think it sounds depressing, but, you know, you've got all these matches and it doesn't really matter whether you win or lose. Your job is to wrestle. And I think after a month, you'd be like our father, you know? Retirement was great for him. For a month, he can catch up with stuff. He's climbing the fucking walls now, isn't he? He wants something else. I bet he'd love to go back to his his old job. I reckon he's, he's missing it now after so many years of doing it. He's had, yeah, a nice little break. But then after a year, he's climbing the walls and he, you know he wants to go back to some kind of work. Wouldn't be so bad if he had a hobby like climbing <laughs> that, that took him out of the house and he could climb walls, but he doesn't do anything. He physically doesn't even climb walls. <laughs> no. But anyway, I liked your, uh, your dream of um, fizzling out and shitting yourself. It's... Uh, it's nice to have dreams and ambitions, isn't it? <laughs> Would you rather? Yes. So as you alluded to at the start, this is a Royal Rumble special. So should we have a Royal Rumble match, bro? What do you reckon? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, baby. This is the Royal Rumble match in 
reverse advantage by Ronnie Piper, and now they're just duking it out. Piper and Flair. Oh, I mean, this is just pure nostalgia from from the offset. I love Fink's uh, breakdown of Rumble matches. It makes them feel like big events. <laughs> That's when the commentators shut up long enough to hear him. He's going through quite particular rules. And at the start, I'm like, Monsoon, shut up. You're booming over him. I'm trying to hear. I want to know what the rules are. Oh, I mean, yeah, this was this this was just a classic. Bulldog first, taking on the million dollar man. I just can't believe how many stars of this era were featured. Hogan, Flay, Piper, Savage, Taker, Virgil, you know, <laughs> all of these, these huge mega stars of wrestling. It was weird though, because he obviously couldn't be asked with the entrance music after the first two wrestlers. They just ran to the ring in silence and I kind of had a look when Hogan's entrance was. I thought, oh, here we go, real American. Come on, this is, he is the guy. He is the poster boy for WWF at the time. No, just runs to the ring to silence. And again, that's weird. I'm so glad. Like, I love the weird things about wrestling in terms of the entrance music, the finishing moves. I love that customization of a character. Yes, you know, you've got the book in the storylines and cool move sets and angles. But for me, yeah, that's when I think, oh, my God, if I was a wrestler, you know, if you put yourself in, in a wrestler's shoes, they're the two things that I'd want to get right. You want to come to the ring with a badass bloody theme song and you want a wicked finisher. And you just have 30 people just run into the ring with silence. That is a bit weird. But, yeah, I mean, Sags last in seconds. You know, that, that, was a, that was a highlight. Tito Santana thinking he's the ultimate warrior. I was like, holy shit, man, bit of face paint. You are literally the warrior. Um, <laughs> I love the flay flop in the middle of the ring all alone. There's <laughs> just nobody there. Fuck it, I'm having a rest before Piper unleashes hell on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, I know we have the same themes all the time, but Hogan had to help Flay win, didn't he? Flay couldn't just win by himself. Hogan had to play a part in his victory to show people, oh, you know, he couldn't have done it on his own. He needed the Hulkster's help. But yeah, I mean, a classic bout. Um, I I really liked it. And yeah, just just brought back so many memories of having the old Mattel toys back in the day, Big Boss Man and Jake the Snake, just oh, nostalgia to the max. Uh, well, I've picked my favourite Royal Rumble match and you've picked what is my second. I mean, this was the peak of my first period of being really into wrestling and you couldn't get a much more stacked match card than this. I mean, like you said, every entrant was a big name, but there was maybe one dud competitor, Skinner, who I couldn't remember at all. No. Uh, what about the Repro Man? He's <laughs> saying he's a big name, you? No, but he'd been, he, he was that character for, for a few years. He's fairly memorable. And I mean, they weren't the biggest names. There was Virgil as well, like you mentioned, but they were all kind of involved in storylines. And I remember them because Repo Man was somebody else, wasn't he? he? He was a different character before, wasn't he? One of Demolition? Yes, I called him the Repro Man. I don't want you to do the, what in the blue hell were you thinking? Repo Man. He was Barry Darso. And yes, he was, he was one half of Demolition. Yeah, he was smash, wasn't he? Axe and smash. So, yeah, I mean, he was a big name. He'll be remembered. The only person who wouldn't be remembered, I think, is Skinner. But, oh, God, just the Royal Rumble match. I love the Royal Rumble. It's the fact that it's every man for himself. 
existing allegiances just don't count. I love that wrestlers from all over the card, from the top to the bottom, are all thrown into the mix together. Um, and I mean, this match is remembered for Flair winning the whole thing and becoming the champion, which was the, the first and only time that that stipulation uh, was made. Yeah. But let's also not forget Davy Boy Smith. How good was he? Yeah. You know, he looked really good. He lasted for a long time. And yeah, you mentioned Flair's shtick. He did all the usual chest chops, <laughs> low blows, falling over. I like the intense Flair Piper segment as well. Yeah. But you didn't mention Savage eliminating himself. Do you think that was deliberate? Well, I wanted to leave some things for you. It's just bizarre, wouldn't it? Like, even the way he was dressed, it just looked like a, a onesie or a pair of pyjamas. He even looked like he was dressed for the ring. I it's just very odd, that was. Yeah, he, he wore that outfit a few times, and I didn't know whether he was meant to look like a court jester or something. Or <laughs> I don't yeah. know, it was very odd. But there were a few verbal gymnastics by the commentators about his eliminating himself, saying he wasn't propelled by another person. I think it was a cock-up. I think he was probably meant to chase Jake out the ring, but not jump over the top rope to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, and you've said about the, the Hogan ending. I mean, it, just such a stupid, spoiled brat thing to do, yeah. helping Flair to eliminate Sid Justice because he had a strop about it. And then for the, those two to hog the, the ring at the end, hogging the limelight from the actual winner... I just thought that was so shit. But my main question from this clip is, who was Mean Gene telling to put that cigarette out during the Ric Flair interview at the end? Because <laughs> they pretended that the press was there. They obviously weren't. You know, it's not like WWE is covered. Well, certainly back then wasn't covered by any mainstream media. So they were had pretend photographers. Yeah. Um I wondered whether there was somebody actually smoking or whether that was just him pretending that there were people there. Ah. Uh. Who knows? I, <laughs> I can't comment. It was, it was a lot of weird things back in the day. And it, yeah, just so much didn't make sense. I think it's best probably not to question most of it, but it's kind of our job, isn't it? It is. But what a what a match. What a stacked card. Just all those superstars. And, you know, so many of them not with us anymore, which is, uh, which is very sad. Yeah, and just like to see... Uh, <sighs> Like, again, we've talked about this so much, and this is why I, I love the pod so much, because, like, just seeing eras that I was involved in as, as a kid, and, like, I can remember Flair in the WWE. Like I said, it was Hulk Hogan, Warrior era, and then pretty much straight to the Attitude era, you know, when I was kind of growing up in between. But, yeah, just so many so many strange kind of things happening that I, I just don't even remember, like The Undertaker. I remember The Undertaker when he had tattoos, you know, and I'd only seen clips of him with his purple gloves and his grey gloves. But just to see him untatted up in that cheesy outfit with a cheesy gimmick at the time, which, thank God, they turned into something a bit more adult later on. Yeah, just Undertaker and Hogan in the same ring. It's just weird to me because it... Do you know what I mean? Like, it was that Bret Hart era as well that I wasn't really involved in and... Yeah, it's like, what is he What is he doing in the ring with Hogan? Hogan is Hogan, Piper, Savage, you know? Yeah, there's a bit of that crossover. I mean, you've got, obviously, somebody like Flair, his longevity going since the 70s right up to the, you know, the 2000s. And then, you know, you had Shawn Michaels in, the, in that Royal Rumble match as well. And, and he'd been going since the mid-80s. And yet, you know, it wasn't until both of their second runs in the company that they he, he'd meet 
uh, Hogan. Yeah. You know, Hogan and uh, Michaels were beating the ring. And yet there they are sharing a ring back then. It seems really weird to see wrestlers at different stages of their careers, really. But yeah, I just love the Rumble. I just love it. And that was such a good match to pick. You're welcome. So on to my first clip. This is the Royal Rumble match from 2001. I don't like the radicals' tenses here. I don't either. Ah, this is my favourite Royal Rumble match of all time. The absolute peak of the Attitude Era right here. Again, look at that match card stacked from 1 to 30. Before I go on though, right, there's a quiz. What two competitors were in both of our matches? Oh... God, I Google. <laughs> I I don't know. Taker wasn't in. Taker was in the. It was so many men. Yes, Taker and. Uh, I don't know. Haku. Oh. Oh yeah. He returned in the Royal Rumble two thousand and one, and he had huge hair, and then he I think he went on to tag with Rikishi for a bit after that. Yeah, he wasn't he Meng in WCW? Or was Meng a WWE version of him? Don't know. Yeah. Go on, break it down, bro. Break it down. I'm Googling it now. Hang on a sec. Yes, Meng <laughs> is another name for Haku, but he was yeah. Haku in both of these matches. Ah. Oh, I love how they split this match up into the different segments. First of all, you've got the Hardys. Then you've got the hardcore section. You've got the comedy bits with Drew Carey and Honky Tonk Man. You've got the big show rock with their rivalry from the previous Royal Rumble carrying over. You've got the whole brother, uh, Brothers of Destruction bit, the Triple H Stone Cold bit, and then the Stone Cold Rock section. You know, they had these distinct storyline bits, these distinct segments planned out. It was so much more than just a bunch of men in a ring brawling. I thought that was so well done. And the commentary on this one was terrific from, from King at the start saying Jeff Hardy was having a seizure. <laughs> Make me laugh out loud. To JR right at the end, announcing oh. with all the breath left in his lungs, that Stone Cold is going to WrestleMania. <laughs> I honestly thought he collapsed at the end of that. Ah, oh, but this is so good. I can't, I could just go on for hours about how bloody good this match is. I've written so many notes, and I just I think I'm just going to talk through it because I could go back and watch this match. Just if there was if I was on Desert Island, yeah, and I was only allowed one wrestling match. I think it'd have to be this. You know, the Hardys, I love them fighting each other when they don't have to. I agree with the King. I just sit there, wait for the opponents to come in and double team them. Yeah. Which is what Taker and K 
Kane did afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the hardcore segment, you know, given that there's no disqualification, it makes sense to use weapons. And I don't remember them having done anything like that, you know, before this in such a distinct way. But I like it as well that that was only one section of the match and they, they didn't then carry that through the rest of it. Um, when Kane clears house after that section, I, I just love how Steve Blackman is hanging on the ropes and he, he swats him on the head with that bit. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Um, but the number of unprotected headshots Kane takes throughout this match um, is genuinely uncomfortable to watch, given what we know about concussions now. You know, those trash can shots early on were bad enough, but the chair shots from Stone Cold at the end were horrific. Yeah, really uncomfortable to watch. And, you know, I've got to say, yes, it was great. The Stone Cold won, but they built Kane up so much as this unstoppable monster, only to have him eliminated at the end. I know they did it to make Austin's victory seem even more remarkable, but they really should have given it to him. And if you look at the comments on the video for this, um, you know, everybody's saying the same thing, should have given it to Kane because it, it was so good the only thing that i didn't like about it as much was the drew carey segment you know which was there just to promote this pay-per-view it's um it was a daft section and it, it's funny how scared he looked um <laughs> and then tries to pay him off but and again right if we look at these two matches did drew actually eliminate himself if matcha man wasn't allowed to do that nine years ago because he had to be propelled by somebody else over the top rope does that mean drew carey is never actually eliminated so, so he's still the longest. <laughs> he's still good. That twenty four seven title in his eyes. Then he's still going. <laughs> he's still competing yeah. in the two thousand and one Royal Rumble. Twenty one years on. <laughs> oh, imagine that accolade just strutting around like I'm undefeated. Nobody has thrown me out of a Royal Rumble. Look at me. I'm going to WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, this this is my favourite Rumble for, for exactly the same reasons. This, again, just shows that we're brothers and we just picked each other's kind of top, top matches. I mean, like mine was a who's who for 92. Huh, that rhymed. This just was a blast from the past in 2001. I mean, I just love this, this Rumble during such an exciting time in WWE. We've talked about time and time again. So many great moments, including, yeah, the, the hardcore action, thanks to Raven and his arsenal of weapons. Something you didn't mention, and we absolutely fucking love to talk about on this pod. Taz being thrown out after, like, three seconds. What is that? You, you wouldn't even lace up your boots, would you? You go there half-dressed, thinking, what the, what's the point? What's the fucking point? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I would, I, it's a fuck you to Vince. I would just, I'd go out barefoot. I'd go like the Tasmaniac. I just, just go in the back and go, anyone got a leotard? I can't be fucked. I don't throw an offensive move. I'm gone. Sorry. I've got off I, I think because we've mentioned this moment probably three or four times in other podcasts, that yeah. when it comes to the actual match that it appeared in, I thought, what's the point? We've talked about it already. <laughs> Royally underutilized, though, bro. You get it? Yes. Yeah, good. He paused mid-drink then to answer, so <laughs> good dedication. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that finish, we've just reenacted that so many times at the, <laughs> back in the day. Just, and like, I love how King never sounds 
passionate or worn out or he just goes, ah, oh my God, wow, hoo-hoo, hey, puppies. And JR is just such an amazing storyteller. Michael Cole as well. You've heard Michael Cole um, just wear himself out and by the last match, he's knackered and he is losing his voice and Vince is probably screaming at him, but I think that's brilliant. It shows that you give a shit. We're, yeah, so by the end of it, oh, it was like so guttural. You couldn't even hear what he was saying. It's, it's just so gravelly. But King just, oh, he's going to Mania, JR. Oh, you know? His voice started going around the 53-minute mark, if you listen to it carefully. And then from there, it just gets worse and worse. And at the end, I remember laughing my head off at that, that, Stokehold, <laughs> it's going! Because he was fighting to get that out. He sounded like a man on his deathbed. <laughs> but, I mean, this, of course, leads to our favourite mania of all time. So, you know, your favourite rumble of all time leading to your favourite mania of all time. This moment, you know, this period in wrestling history... Oh, my God. I mean, The Rock and Stone Cold in that main event because Stone Cold went through all of this to get there. I'm just amazing. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's not much else to say. It's just, it's just fucking class, isn't it? Oh, it's so good. And the rest of the card of the Rumble wasn't too bad either. I mean, you had uh, the Triple H angle main event, which was really good. You had an incredible match between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, ladder match. Um, well, you know, a match I would love to feature on here if we're ever going to decide whether we should talk about Benoit or not. But yeah, um, you know, it was, it was a great card and a great event. And this, but just this rumble, I just it was the fact that it was so well planned out with these distinct segments that made it so much more than just a, a big battle royal, you know? Yeah. Again, like watching those two matches, I forgot what the hell I was doing. 20 minutes into both of them, I'm like, I haven't written a single note. I've just been swept up in the nostalgia. You know, we've gone way back in time and then jumped ahead a bit. Um, But but this for me isn't a match, but it's the biggest Royal Rumble surprise appearances. And I think, you know, one of my favourite things about Rumble matches are these surprise entrants. Who, who's going to turn up? You know, have they been on the shelf injured for a year? Are they debuting a new character? Are they debuting for the first time? Is it some old codger we saw back in the day and you're like, what? He can barely lace up boots, let alone get in the ring. I love all of that. And there were loads to choose from. I'm not saying this is the best one, but, you know, for me, it's got some really good moments in it. I know there are, there are quite a few. And we spoke about it before, you know, with, with the crowd reactions. They still give me fucking goosebumps. I just love the insane roars of crowds. I, I, I just love it. So some of the pops here are just incredible. You know, it's a two for one for some instances because the three, three faces of Foley clip that we've discussed previously. Absolutely love that. I still think that's so ingenious. And, you know, we, we talked about it before, how many wrestlers... We're allowed to play alter egos like that. I mean, he had four 
characters, if you include Mick Foley, as, you know, wrestling superstars. And, and where do you see that? I, you, you really do. And that was a brilliant opportunity for him. Diesel was a great addition, you know, just uh, such a great nod back to his character before he left for WCW. And, you know, that was it. We thought the Diesel character was over and, and he came back as Diesel for that night. So I thought that was brilliant. But for me, you know, AJ Styles steals the clip. I mean, what an awesome way to debut with such a popular wrestler from outside of the WWE. I, like that is one of the, the little clips that I've watched time and time again. Roman sold it brilliantly because obviously you'd never heard his entrance music before. So Roman was, you know, mirroring the fans like, who is, who is that? You know, what, what music? And then when it said, I am, and everyone's like, okay, still have no idea. And then Phenomenal come up. And it could have been another wrestler claiming they're phenomenal, but they knew he is the phenomenal one. And, you know, it, it did lead to a really good run in the company as well as one of the top dogs for Styles. And, yeah, I just think if you get a debut as a as a character and as a wrestler, do it at the Rumble, isn't it? Yeah, it was the Hornswoggle one that gave me goosebumps. So that was <laughs> that did it for me. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I wanted to choose a clip like this as well. Actually, I saw this one and was going to pick it. It is one of the best things about the Rumble, as you've alluded to, the surprise entrant. You know, whether it's a full-fledged return to the ring or a one-off special appearance, it's always exciting. I don't want to be critical about the video, but I, I think I had a bit of a problem because it, it lacked a bit of context. Um, with a few of them, I, I didn't know why it was such a surprise for them to appear, maybe because I hadn't been watching it at the time so for example it would be good to know how long Jericho had been away when he returned or how long Booker T had been away why was it such a surprise I know the Diesel one obviously because he hadn't been Diesel in his last run in WWE he'd been Kevin Nash part of the NWO and that was a good you know five or six years before that yeah. um, so it would have been good to have a bit of context but yeah it's so exciting when the crowd pop for a returning star um, and the AJ Styles one, like you, that was, you know, the one that gave me goosebumps. That was phenomenal. The number one, the John Cena one, again, I, I presume it's because he'd been away a while, but 2008, for me, seems like it was right in the mix as to when he was huge anyway. So I don't quite get why that one had been picked. Um, and I'm sure there was an RVD return at a Royal Rumble that I would have liked to have seen on there, because that was a big deal, wasn't it? That was on another... I was, I was, I was a toss up. And then when Edge recently came in and, you know, he, he was retired and we're talking about coming out of retirement and all of that, just coming back with his grey beard, but everyone just went berserk. I was toying whether just to pick that clip alone because that is one of my favourite crowd pops. You know, you think yeah. you know me and, oh, God, that was the pop on that. But yeah, there were, there were loads. I would have liked to have put my absolute favourite ones into one clip, but she can be ours. So this is this is all we got. <laughs> I think I prefer the really kind of um, off kilter ones. So like when you had the honky tonk man at the the one that we just <laughs> talked about, for example, that what nobody would expect <laughs> honky tonk man. You know, a, a good decade after he'd been uh, a main event player, kind of thing. He's back for just totally randomly. And I think if I remember rightly, Bob Backlund was in the, the previous year's Rumble, two thousand. Um, which again was was just totally random. So I like those ones where you're just not expecting somebody at all. Um, but then I guess the crowd are more kind of bemused about those than than amused. Yeah, and you know you saw what they did with those types of characters in that kind of gimmick battle royal 
in the WrestleMania, you know, that followed the Rumble match that you chose. So that's a good way to honor them because you can have a laugh at all of their expenses, but actually think, fucking hell, some of them, you know, can still kind of do their stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a fantastic match type and other people have battle royals but you know there'll only be one royal rumble and i do love the format it hasn't changed in all this time why would you fix something that isn't broken it is brilliant and it, pretty much every person there has a pot where they fought the last night on raw or you know have been off the off the books for a while so that's what i love it's, it's just pure excitement i don't think there's a match type other than this that it's just pure relentless excitement the one thing um, that I, I always find funny is you know exactly when a wrestler isn't going to be eliminated because of the way they're being held against the oh, ropes. No, for ages. And then another person grabs another leg. It's like, you're doing this so slow. Maybe once they've been thrown over. But for the rest of them, like, you're not fooling anyone. That's it. It's one of the very few things in wrestling that kind of really takes me out of it because you absolutely know that yeah. they're making no effort to try and push that person to the floor. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the every time that does happen, they don't go back over the top rope. They slide underneath the bottom rope. It's the same fucking thing all the time. It's as predictable as the flare flops now, but it's part of it, isn't it? Because other companies don't... They do that to a certain degree. I mean, look at that reverse battle royal in TNA. You wouldn't get any of that there. So, you know, surely you'd like to see the <laughs> the age old, oh, will he, won't he get, you know, eliminated over? Oh my God, let's all get into a ring. Exciting. Oh, yeah. So, on to my second clip, the last one for this episode. Not a Royal Rumble match itself, but. Very special match for me. Cactus Jack versus Triple H, Street Fight at the Royal Rumble 2000. Uh, street Fight can end anyway, this anywhere. Oh, this is real bad, JR. Don't miss. This is not the way, Mick. Come on, Cactus. Triple H is bleeding like a horse. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Jack. He's going to program him. Cactus is going to program Triple H. No, no, no. Cactus has been back dropped on the concrete. He's done for. The champion has been folded up like an accordion. I'm going to take a different approach to this match in that I want you to talk through the match itself, but I want to talk about why this match is so special for me. This was the match that got me back into wrestling and changed my opinion of what wrestling could be because you see this pay-per-view is the first wrestling event i watched since my first interest in wrestling we've talked about as uh, as a child you know, with hulk hogan ultimate warrior and all that lot so it had been a good seven or eight years since i'd really been interested in it and obviously it had changed immensely i was at university um, and I more or less dismissed wrestling as a childhood fad, like He-Man, Transformers, the Turtles. You know, it was just something I did as a kid. One of my housemates was a huge WWF fan, and he kept going on about how good this Attitude Era was, how much wrestling had changed, and these exciting new stars like Stone Cold and The Rock, and how it wasn't the wrestling of my childhood. So I thought, okay, 
you know, certain pay-per-views at the time were available for free in the UK on Channel 4, and the Royal Rumble was one of them. So got some beers, stayed up late to watch it. Oh, and I was just absolutely blown away by the whole event. It was so far removed from the wrestling that I remembered. It could have been just a totally different thing. You know, it, it retained all the best bits about what I enjoyed about it the last time, the over-the-top characters, the action. But it was so much more hard-hitting and just full of attitude. And it was this particular match that just showed how far things had come and how different they were. You know, in the old WWF, there was no blood. Well, I mean, there probably was, but by the time that we got to watch it on home video or occasionally if we managed to see somebody else's Sky subscription, it had been edited out. So to see two wrestlers deliberately make each other bleed in such a hardcore, violent match was a revelation. Oh, and I was hooked. And this was just a fantastic pay-per-view and in a fantastic year for WWE. You know, we've already talked about that Taz Angle match in our very first episode, but there was also the Hardys-Dudleys tag team tables match, the precursor to the whole TLC uh, matches. And the Rumble match itself was exceptional. But this street fight, man, so good. Such a brutal, violent encounter, full of emotion. It's what made me a fan all over again. Oh, and you can't see him right now, folks. He's, he's shedding a little tear. He's getting all emotional. <laughs> Totes emotion. Oh, I didn't know that. That was nice. That's a brutal re-entry into the world of wrestling then. <laughs> you didn't just slide in there with the little bra and panties match. No, no, full-on thumbtacks, blood and gore for you. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep, all the way. I mean, yeah, you've already said it. Taz debuting. Talk about pops. How would you open a pay-per-view, which is already notorious for being exciting, get a really, really popular star to debut, followed by that tables match. Oh, my God. Because this is at Madison Square Garden in New York. And just, I love the set. I love how destroyed everything was. That taxi bursting through, all the shit around, like proper New York street scene. And, ah, just encapsulated everything that was rough and ready about that era. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is this is obviously pun intended, right up my alley, isn't it? I mean, this it's just had it all. A great build-up, you know, that little segment before you could see it naturally building. And like you said before, kind of cactus gave Triple H that legitimacy that he wanted and that kind of toughness to elevate him to the next level. Obviously, it had the violence, the action, the intensity. Thumbtacks, blood, me watching as a teenager with a stupid, goofy grin on my face. I mean, this was just amazing. I th- don't know where we've talked about this before, but fun facts, well, not fun for Triple H. When he gets suplexed onto that pallet, a piece of wood pierces his calf and causes quite a serious injury. If you have a look, there's one shot where the cameraman comes around and you can see his calf bleeding. But we ain't talking a splinty. I know we've laughed and joked before, but you're like freaking your finger on a, on a rose in Tesco's. A shard of wood. Uh, what a random thing to, to worry about. You're already getting suplex on a fucking pallet, which is meant for holding, you know, kilograms worth of cargo. The last thing you want is, is yeah, it was basically like a wooden spear just rammed into his bloody calf. Uh, so it's just a random side effect of all of this violence. But... Christ alive, it was brutal. I mean, I, I remember how, how brutal it was at the time, but watching it back, what I think was quite weird is normally 
you see wrestlers blade before they hit with barbed wire, especially barbed wire, because it is instant. And then the second the camera pulls away, boom, you're bleeding. Where Triple H did it on his on his kind of hairline, I thought, there's no blood. You've literally that's been rammed into your face. you you should be a bloody mess. And it was only until he sat up that gravity did its business and he kind of bled everywhere. But I thought that's quite weird. Like, oh, he's bleeding. I'm like, is he bleeding? He got like a tiny smudge in his nose. That barbed wire would have ripped in the hell open. Uh, but yeah, just the brawling outside, that barbed wire bat, that announce table spot, which didn't really work as well as you'd hope, but you know that's even more brutal because it didn't give way. And oh God, like face first into those thumbtacks is scary enough like you look at the stars clash and you obviously don't take your chin like you do 95 percent of other wrestling moves but just knowing i've got no way to break my fall i'm heavily relying on aj now not to destroy my nose or my face the pedigree exactly the same your arms are behind your fucking head it's already a scary prospect just being in between triple h's legs let's be fair but then just be face planted to the mat without thumbtacks. And then, yeah, that's stuck in his face. Like what? A few mil above from his fucking eyeball? Oh, don't worry, mate. You've lost an ear, your teeth, you know, countless hours to, to surgeries and all the rest. If you lose an eye, it's fine. It's all in the name of entertainment. Uh, it's just absolutely bloody lovely stuff. That This was just so gruesome. I fucking loved it. Even Earl Hebner got a couple of uh, thumbtacks in his hand when he came to the pin. You could see him kind of pulling them out later on. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you see you see deathmatch referees and they got gloves on and goggles, full-on PP. And I'm thinking, no, come on, you signed up for this shit. Get in the ring. Yeah, I want your hand to be on fire if you're in this type of match. You know? <laughs> Get involved. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, amazing. Start to finish the set, the, the other matches... Just the excitement, the crowd were fucking mental and oh brilliant. Yeah, that Madison Square Garden atmosphere, because they, they're so close to the ring and you know the New York fans are always a lot more vocal. Oh, it was just it was fantastic. And I'd never seen wrestling like this before. And I know that sounds naive, but it wasn't something that we were really ever exposed to in the UK in the same way they were in America, because it's not that you know, wrestling tradition. And it, it, the wrestling that we did have was either the British wrestling, in which, you know, there was never any blood, or the sanitised WWF of the 80s and 90s. Um, so to see that, and I know you went on then to become a massive fan of ECW and, and all that sort of stuff, but this was the first time I'd seen, you know, wrestling like this and, and that amount of blood and violence. I was like, wow, God, I just couldn't believe how much it had changed. Yeah, well, like if you if you relate this to a match that you picked quite a while ago, the scariest thing about that golden era was Savage getting his arm bitten by a snake. You know, it, that and the Attitude Era would just be like the second match in. That's, that's normal. You get snakes out. And I said, in Japan, you've got live piranha matches and fucking alligators and tanks and all kinds of crazy shit. But yeah, getting bitten by that snake was as hardcore as it got back in the day. I think... Hogan bled like once or twice in a cage match, but that was it. Whereas you've got to move with the times, bro. And all the bashing we've done of, of Vince McMahon, he moved with the times. But unfortunately now he's got so many sponsors 
he can't do any of that stuff. He doesn't want to lose his sponsors and his PG rating. And that's where AEW stepped in. I watched, I mean, oh my God, I haven't even talked about AEW. What am I? It's a wrestling with my brother podcast. I only discussed AEW. There was a, a, a women's uh, tag team match the other week and they had a street fight. All four of them bled. It was quite uncomfortable. So many table spots, proper pissing blood from the, their faces. But they're just doing things that the WWE wouldn't dare to do. So, yeah, it was, uh, again, like this this episode was all about, like, looking back and the proper time capsules, but different eras. And, yeah, I don't want to end again by saying it's a shame that they're not where they are now. But I guess if they were like they are now, then this era wouldn't be as special as it was, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. But then there's also the power of nostalgia. I'm sure there are people that have grown up with this era who think this is this is the best. And, you know, I hope, hope they're enjoying it. And I hope that the Royal Rumble that was on last night had the same sort of surprises, thrills, spills, over-the-top action as, uh, as the clips that we affect. I can't believe he, she entered at number four. <laughs> Can you believe they were eliminated at <laughs> 25? <laughs> Insert time here. <laughs> That's a really good. Yeah, yeah I, I love the Royal Rumble. It's really good. Good stuff. Well, we've been wrestling with my brother, Darren and Craig, two brothers who love wrestling and love talking about old wrestling clips and occasionally the new wrestling clips that one of us watches. You can <laughs> find us on Twitter at WrestleBros Pod. Come give us a follow, like our content, get involved. Drop us a DM, tell us what you like about the episodes, keep your things that you don't like to yourself. Nobody likes to hear that. Yeah. If you've got constructive criticism, you can uh, write to us. Just That's write it in a letter and put it in. my ass at gmail.com. <laughs> well, no, we, don't, we haven't got an email address, so they'll have to write it on a physical letter, piece of paper, and just post it in any bin. <laughs> Send it to kiss my ass, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we post podcasts we don't post no that's that's letters we upload i was doing so well we upload podcasts every couple of weeks when we've got the time in our very busy lives and we thank you for listening to them we hope you enjoy them (laughs) yes stay safe everyone bye 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 wrestling with my brother we got a podcast yeah wrestling with my brother